You're listening to the 10x Your Agency podcast, where every Wednesday for the next 12 weeks, you'll be learning strategies on how to scale up your agency and grow your client base from successful agency owners who've been there, done it, and built a highly successful agency. You'll learn how they attract clients, what their biggest causes of client churn were, and what their challenges were at different stages of building their agency. My name is Marcus Taylor, and I'll be your host. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the 10X Your Agency podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Tim Grice, who's the CEO of Branded3, a search agency based up in Leeds. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking to Tim about how he went from joining the agency when there were eight people as an SEO manager to seven years later being the CEO of the company after they sold to the St. Ives Group. So Tim, it's a huge pleasure having you here on the show. How's it going? It's going well, thank you. Cool. So I was wondering, before we jump in, I was just wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit about Branded3 and what it is that the agency does. Yeah, sure. No problem. So Branded3, we are a search marketing agency. We actually started as a more of a a development agency back in 2003, 2004. But search came into the business in 2008-ish. And since then, really, that's that's been the growth area for the agency and and what's taken us to, to the size we are today. So whether it's paid search, organic search, content marketing, PR, uh, data insights, analytics, that's really where the focus of the business is. Got it. And, and what, what size are you today? So we're up to 80 people now, split between Leeds, London, and actually we have an office in Bath, which we share with one of our sister agencies in the St. Ives Group. So yeah, so it, it's, it's all good. We've come from about eight people back in 2010. So uh, it's, been, it's been a fun few years, to say the least. Nice. So I, I was having a quick look before this um, interview, having a quick look at your LinkedIn profile. And I, I noticed that you, you actually joined the agency back in 2010, I think, as a SEO manager. Yes. Today, you're running the team, you're the CEO of a team of 80 people. Can you tell me how that happened? What's the story? How did you go from SEO manager of an eight person team to CEO of an 80 person agency? Yeah, as I said, it's been really fun. Um <laughs> So yeah, so I, essentially I was working, I've been in search now uh, well over 10 years and I was working as a freelance consultant mm-hmm. doing paid and, and SEO work, which was a lot different back in 2007 uh, to what it is these days anyway. And I guess I wanted to commit to the industry and I knew in order to, to do that, I would need to get experience dealing with bigger businesses, bigger clients, bigger brands. And I'd known Patrick Altoff for a while through blogging and, and being active sort of in the space and in the industry. So I just dropped him a speculative email, really just say, you know, what does the team look like? Are there any opportunities? You know, what's the, what's really what the vision for the agency? What are you and Vin, who was the CEO at the time, the MD? What are you trying to achieve? And it literally just went from there. I went and met both of them for a chat and we discussed, you know, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to achieve with the business. They were doing search marketing at the time, but the team, even though Branded3 was eight to 10 people, it was actually only three people that were doing the search marketing side of it. But despite that, they had a handful of some well-known brands, um, high street brands, and I thought this would be kind of a perfect transition into agency life. And working in a startup environment like that, uh, you get experience across the entire business. So one day you could be working on client strategies with the SEO team, you know, preparing your monthly meeting updates and, and putting your deck together. And the next, you could be preparing for a speaking gig or pulling together a pitch. But when I started at Branded3 back then, my main role really was to build out a team for, for what was a growing search function within the agency back then. 
So Patrick could go out and continue doing the sales and doing a lot of speaking. And he was very active back then on the speaking circuit. And, uh, and from then we grew so quickly that actually my role started to take on some of them, some of that sales function and a lot of the speaking at multiple events each year. I think in the first couple of years of working at Brander three, I must have done over a hundred pictures. So, um, it was a, it was a really intense, busy time, but. I've always kind of had a passion for search and all the skills that need to come together in order to you know, help businesses grow in, in, in this area. So running my own team was one thing, but I always had a vision for the kind of business I wanted to run. I'd been freelance before and run my own thing, never really gone on from there. But my long-term plan was always to set up and head up my own business, really. But when Brander 3 did finally sell out to um, the St. Ives Group in 2013, the door was open then for me to, to step up at, at Brander 3. And, and by that point, we'd grown from three to 60 people in search. And I'd been part of that from the beginning. So it was a bit of a dream role to uh, for me to take on, really. So I was keen to prove myself, not only in terms of what I knew about search and the landscape and strategies, but also what I wanted for the business and working with the management team to realize that. So uh, yeah, I became CEO in 2015. And the rest is history, I guess, as they say. So um, <laughs> Sounds like a, a pretty amazing journey. Yeah, um, yeah, fantastic. Coming from that kind of the, the background of, I guess, when you initially started at the agency, being a little bit more involved on kind of strategy, like SEO strategy and delivery side, yeah. and moving progressively towards, you know, the point that you're at now where you're in charge of the kind of the bigger picture aspects of directing the company. Was that an easy transition for you or do you still kind of fantasize about changing title tags and make, you, you know, these kind of more delivery focused aspects of it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still transitioning and learning, to be completely honest with you. I still think I'm, I'm a bit uh, a bit fresh when it comes to this whole uh, MDCEO thing. So, um, so yeah, I'm, al I'm always learning. I'm always transitioning. But I do love the space. I do love search. So I still get my hands dirty from time to time when I can anyway. And I don't see that being too much of an issue. I think, you know, each CEO MD is different and they bring something different to the table for the businesses that they work in. For me, I'm from a strategic background, but also a client facing background as well. So wherever I can, I will chip in and still help in those areas. I'm still very active in new business. I still meet with the teams monthly and I discuss what they're doing. So yeah, so I still do that. I guess the hardest thing for me when taking over as MD and CEO was the realization that everything stops at you. So even though you can sort of uh, talk with the team and, and get the ideas of the management team, essentially, ultimately, it comes down to, to you and your decisions. And that was hard because it made you feel like you had to be involved in everything in order to make these decisions. And I guess I could have been a little bit guilty at first of interfering unnecessarily in different areas of the business. But over time, you realize that not only you can't do everything, but actually there's better people in the business to do certain things or, and, and to pick up certain areas. And although I still have visibility of areas, I let people get on with the work and, and drive the business forward in line with the vision. So, um, yeah, I think that's the most important part of transitioning to this role. It's actually realizing that you're not the be all and end all and you have to pick the right team and have the right team in place that buy into the vision and are obviously motivated to move the business forward. But having said, having said all that, Marcus, when, before I took over the role, I, there was a year period when we were transitioning before it became official. So a lot of my day-to-day -day responsibilities were, were being passed on and moved down through the team. So actually when it came to the announcement, I was already in a position where 
I'd let go of enough of the day-to-day to really knuckle down and get to grips with the business. So um, I was in a really lucky, fortunate position. And I suppose a, a kind of a unique advantage of your situation is having, having you know, spent those kind of seven years at Branded3, you had a lot of exposure, I imagine, in that time to different people, understanding different strengths and weaknesses of different people on the team. And so I suppose in this in the situation you're in now, it becomes a lot easier to kind of know where certain responsibilities can fall in different parts of the team because yeah. it's it's not like it's you know everything's new on day one you've kind of got that experience absolutely yeah i mean i was very clear not only on the proposition of the business but the people who i thought would fit into certain areas and pick up uh, potential gaps as the business transitions so yeah they're really really lucky to have really good people work uh, with the business over the years and been able to work with them to develop and grow. And, and I think everybody, am I right here? Everyone on the management team at Branded3 today is someone who started at a more junior level. So the management team is made up of people who've grown through the business over the years. They understand us, they understand our clients, um, and it it's, gives us a real edge, I think. And when you transitioned to the CEO position, was it smooth sailing or were there any kind of internal kind of challenges around that that, that had to be faced? I don't believe any uh, when when founders leave a business, it's never completely smooth. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there, there was a number of challenges to deal with. We'd gone through some different propositions in in the sort of year eighteen months previous. We'd lost a little bit of focus. There was a few personnel challenges in the business as well that had to be dealt with as quickly as possible. But having said that, it was a challenge. But we've come through it, and I think believe we're a lot stronger than what we were. So. Yeah, it, it's been fine in the end. We've got the right people and, and the business has, uh, has continued to grow, which is the main thing. So, um, but yeah, of course, there's always challenges and uncertainties and, and it takes a lot, sort of three, six months maybe to just settle things down, not only with the team internally, but with clients as well and, and explain, you know, what's happening and, and, and what's going on. I think I met with every client in the first six months uh, of, uh, of sort of taking over just to sort of let them know what I was all about and the business and where I was taking things. So. But yeah, but relatively smooth. I've known a lot worse from, uh, you know, friends, acquaintances that have been in similar positions. So I consider myself lucky still. <laughs> Brilliant. And it, like any advice that for anyone that would be going through a similar thing, any kind of tips that, you know, if you were sort of going back to that situation or, you know, would have been useful advice at the time? Yeah, I, I would say it's quite unique, really. So we'd been uh, bought by St. Ives, and, and naturally, when a, a business is bought, there's an earnout period. And Vin and Patrick, who were the founders, were, were on were on an earnout. And I think as you get closer, it's difficult because you've got to be careful. But as you get closer to that period, when everybody knows things are going to be changing in the near future, it just creates a lot of uncertainty and and people question decisions. And uh, I think the best thing to do is just try and. Uh, keep the whole team, the whole business updated and be as transparent as you possibly can be with, with what is happening. Obviously, things, some things are too sensitive to share, but just transparency and being very clear on what's going on and keeping the business informed. I think as soon as agencies are people businesses and as soon as you lose trust or credibility within the agency, that's when things start to, to fall apart because everything you do depends on, on people and, and their mindset. So, um, I think, yeah, my advice would be, constantly communicate particularly at these times more so than you normally would and be as transparent as you possibly can be really good advice so in my mind i mean i i started good knows probably similar sort of time to you back with um a company called se optimize back in the day and yes you know yeah. growing 
seeing the kind of the industry grow over this time, Branded3 has been one of those agencies that for me, you know, an, an agency that I really look up to and I think is is one of the, you know, among the most respected digital agencies here in the UK. So I was wondering if we can talk a little bit about positioning, like how Branded3 has gone about positioning itself to have that kind of perception of quality and being different to other agencies. Is that something that was done deliberately? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I really appreciate that. The, the team here work so hard, incredibly hard to deliver value, not only for our clients, but for the industry as a whole. It's a real big part of what we do. I, I've always been really clear on our proposition since, um, well, even before stop taking on the role. We're a business completely dedicated, focused on search, and we nurture the skills necessary to, to deliver that, that result for our clients. Uh, as I said before, whether it's paid, PR, SEO, whatever it is, we have people in place to assist with that. So our proposition is search and that, and that is our focus and core as a business. You know, it's a huge industry. It's a huge space and it's becoming more complicated every single month, it seems at the minute, which means delivery is difficult. So uh, in my experience, it takes focus to really help businesses realize that potential. And that's why we kind of took that proposition. But yeah, in terms of the people and the culture, we have a strong sort of emphasis on sharing information. We want people to learn. And we think the best reward for learning is being able to share it. And it also displays that they've actually understood the things that they've learned. So we have huge pushes on writing, on speaking, on doing videos, attending events, seminars, roundtables, all that kind of thing, because it lets our people really display their expertise. They work so hard, as I said, and it gives them the perfect sort of platform to do that. We have tried in the past, to be honest with you, to broaden our proposition and become more of what you would call a digital agency, offering all kinds of services. But, but I certainly found that it diluted our, our offering and our proposition, and it, it meant that internally the business lacked a bit of focus. And also externally, when we were talking with clients and with people in the industry, it was kind of, well, what, well, what do you guys do? Because we kind of were trying to do a little bit of, of everything. So I brought that straight back, the focus straight back to search. And it manifests itself in everything we do from our work to where we invest money to our marketing and the way we communicate internally. We have a 50% success rate when it comes to actually pitching. And I think a big part of that is that proposition and, and focus and everyone buying into it. So yeah, so that's, we, we work really hard to be focused and we work really hard to display our expertise. It's a real big part of, of who we are. And uh, I, I mean, long term, do you sort of see Branded3 going even further down, like starting to kind of focus even more? Or, or are you sort of where you're at at the moment is kind of a, a solid, you know, array of products and services? There's always opportunities for us to, to grow in the future. I think we've always been heavily focused historically in the organic space. So technical SEO, link building, PR, social have all come naturally to us and we've done really well. Paid is something that we do a fair bit of now as well but we've never really it's just normally been an add-on it's, it's like someone comes to us for, a, for an SEO and PPC contract we, we would take it on rather than really pursuing uh, that avenue however it's a huge part of, of what we do and we have a really sort of uh, substantial data analytics team and I think paid and display is somewhere where we'll really push the business over the coming years uh, we do a really good job with the clients that we have at the minute so I, I think it should be a natural add-on to the business but yeah, we, we will always stay focused on search. We talk internally about helping businesses understand and influence how their customers find them. And that's, that's really where we want to be, whether that's Google, 
whether it's Bing, whether it's on Facebook or what other search channels pop up, we want to understand them and be able to leverage them for our clients. And I don't see that changing in the, in the near future or long term, really. Before we go on, if you're looking to grow your client base and capture more leads for your agency, then I'd recommend checking out Leadformly. Leadformly is a lead generation tool ran by yours truly that enables you to upgrade the forms on your website to conversion optimized forms that are going to increase your conversion rate and help you capture more qualified leads from your website. Using Leadformly, we've seen agencies capture up to 700% more leads. So if you're interested in giving it a try, we have a 14-day free trial that you can check out at leadformly.com. That's L-E-A-D-F-O-R-M-L-Y.com. Once again, that's at leadformly.com. You mentioned that quite a there's quite a sort of emphasis at Branded3 on getting the team to speak. You mentioned, you know, Patrick back in the early days did, did yeah. you know, a lot of speaking and, and yourself as well. So over the years, there's, you know, a lot of kind of speaking. I know you also tend to sponsor quite a few events um, and yeah. conferences here in the UK. I was wondering how effective has this been for the agency from a, a lead generation perspective, being putting yourself out there at all of these events? Yeah, I mean, putting it really simply, Branded3, uh, our business is built on inbound. So 90% of every uh, new business lead that comes in is via an inbound channel. So it's a referral or somebody's seen us speak or read something that we've written. We're built on it. That's where our new business comes from. We've tried different channels before. We've tried paid. We've tried going out with a lot of outbound, whether it be calling or sending out packs and information. And, and the ROI was just never there. So yeah, so it, it's all about the inbound for us. And, and it comes from years. It takes years to build up a speaking, blogging, adding value at conferences and events. We usually sponsor events that we're involved in. So if we're either speaking or exhibiting or running a seminar, and we will sponsor the event to show that we're fully invested in that event. And we see that as, as a, a worthwhile event to be involved in. So the sponsorship is almost putting sort of putting our money where our mouth is sort of thing when it comes to that. So that's how we go about things in terms of sponsorship. But we're extremely transparent in terms of tools that we use, strategies, thoughts on the search landscape. We don't you know, hide anything. You know, if we learn something new, we will often put it out there. We invest heavily in the team here at Branded3 for the last four years. We've made uh, a six-figure budget of people to train and participate in these in these events. That, as I said, the people are, our people are proud of the work that they do and the skills that they gain. So we actively encourage them to share and take a lead in their respective areas. It's massive benefit to us as a business, but also to the individuals as they grow their you know their own knowledge and, and profile within the industry. We've always said you know whether people stay with Branded Three or move on. We see Branded3 as a platform for taking people's careers, you know, advancing them and taking them to the next level. And I'd like to think that anyone who left Branded3 would go on to bigger and better things as well. So that, that's kind of the mentality we have within the business. We're very transparent, very open. We want to share and we want to put out there what we've learned, uh, even if it means it's an opinion. Um, you know, if it's something that we've seen and we have some thoughts on, we're not scared to go and share it and say, look, we've, we've seen this. We're not 100% what it is but this is how we can see it playing out. So yeah, really, really keen. It, it, again, it's a huge focus for us. Yeah, I mean, we, we run our own conference now in, in Leeds. So we did Search Leads last year, which had sort of 400 delegates. And we'll be investing more in that uh, moving forward. This year's one in June 15th, I believe. And we're hoping for a thousand delegates. So we're really big on that whole sharing of knowledge, bringing in other agencies in the area as well. So it's not about branded three new business tools solely necessarily. We want to, to bring this knowledge together and uh, raise the profile of, of search. 
So as like a, a hypothetical situation, if you had to pick one of the kind of the channels that are currently bringing in leads and, and putting branded three out there, if you had to kind of pick between the blog, running your own events, speaking at other events, what would be the kind of the, the one that, you know, if you could only keep one of them, you would likely choose? It, it would always be the speaking. I think when you stand up and speak with confidence and share your knowledge and experience, you know, it has people asking more questions and it gives people confidence as well in, in, in what you're saying and what you're all about. So that for us, all of this is a slow burner, to be honest with you. So it's nothing where we go somewhere and win business straight away. Oh, that's rare. But that for me, the speaking bit really raises the profile of the agency. If you're being transparent and sharing genuinely insightful value add things, of course, if we were terrible or we weren't really adding much value, then that, that wouldn't be a great channel. But, um, yeah, for me speaking, it's always been the uh, best, best channel for us. I think the sort of the litmus test is if you've got other agencies using your stuff and enjoying the, the content you're talking about, then you're probably doing something right. And I I remember quite a yeah. few talks by very you know, Laura and Patrick and, and yourself yeah. where the stuff you guys are sharing is just on on such a good, you know, high level that it's super, super valuable. So, I, I, you know, I can totally see a huge amount of value in what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's great to hear. Uh, we really, really strive uh, for that. We don't want to do anything that doesn't add value. And that goes same, the same internally as well when we speak with the guys here and the team. You know, what do I need to do to progress at Brand3? It's sort of how are you going to add value to what we do as a business? And it's the same when we com- it comes to our marketing as well. It's it, how do we add value to this event? How do we add value to this slot? So, yeah, it's a big, big focus for us. So what I want to do, Tim, is in a moment we'll start to wrap up with a couple of quick fire questions. Before yeah. we do that, though, your situation is pretty amazing, pretty unique. And I think, you know, it has so much potential to be very, very inspiring to people that may be in a similar situation to where you were five, seven years ago. I was wondering what advice might you give to someone who is perhaps joining an agency at a more junior or intermediate level, similar to where you were back in 2010, based on your experience and your success at Branded3? Yeah, I meant agencies are quite unique really it isn't for everyone uh, it may say nine to five in your contract but in reality it is often uh, necessary to be much more flexible than that <laughs> you have to be willing to invest your time and energy before the reward comes i think that's that's the main thing unfortunately the popular mindset uh, is give me the money and i'll do the job whereas we look for people who are who are willing to display are willing to work hard and then obviously get the reward and i think in Starting at a junior level in an agency, you have to stand out. And the best way to stand out is to put your best foot forward and then wait for the reward to come. You have to work really, really hard. I guess on a more practical level, people also, they need to find what they're good at. There's so many jobs you can and roles you can have within a digital agency these days. And we're not all analytical or creative or personable and client-facing people. Uh, and no one person is going to be the master of everything that goes on in the digital agency. So you need to find what really works for you and work hard at it to add value and spot new opportunities. Um, agencies are fast paced. You'll, you know, you'll get whatever support you need, but you have to take that initiative and move things forward on your own. That's my opinion. Just think of what, you know, what you really, what your strengths are, work really hard at them, spot new opportunities and be proactive in delivering them. And from a brand of three point of view, we, we want people to be willing to learn and share. Uh, we're not all speakers and writers, but we encourage everyone to get involved in sharing what they learn, whatever works for them. But yeah, you just have to work 
really, really hard. I guess a bit of luck in there too. From my point of view, I certainly feel anyway. But you have to look at, work at what you're good at. Don't try and do everything. Don't look to someone else in the agency and think I have to be like them. Um, work on what you're good at and, and how you can add value to the agency there and, and really, really push it. So yeah, that's the best advice really I can give from my point of view. Yeah, really good advice. Really good. All right, Tim. So the first quick fire question that I've got for you is number one book recommendation for other business owners. Oh, wow. I, I read a lot of books. Um, <laughs> this is going to be then, good I, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can go with the sort of, you know, traditional sort of start with why Simon Sinek sort of mm -hmm. book, which is an excellent book, but I'm guessing everyone says that. One I've read recently is uh, Predatory Thinking uh, by oh, David. Brilliant Trott, book. I think. Fantastic book. And I think not only because there's some good advice in there in terms of agency life, but there's a lot of principles in there that I think if people took on board, it would help them think about their roles a little bit differently and how they interact within within sort of business life in general. So that certainly in the last 12 months has been one of my favorites. Easy to digest as well. It's quite lots of quite funny anecdotes in there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just think that the print is set out really nicely into different principles. And I think if you really read that, and as you say, it's easy reading, take it on board and try and apply it to your work. I think, you know, you can't go too far wrong. Yeah. Brilliant book. Yeah. That's Predatory Thinking by Dave Trott. Yes. So second quick fire question, what's the favorite tool that you're currently using at the moment at Branded3? We use hundreds of tools, like literally um, too many. I can't remember them all. But my go-to is probably the, one of the most popular search metrics. That, mm. It's my go-to tool for everything. You know, If I'm coming onto a call, if I want to quickly scan uh, how a, a business is performing and get some really quick, easy-to-use insights, I just don't think you can go too far wrong with search metrics. Although what I would say is the team are starting to use Systrix quite a lot now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has some nice features and functions in there, which again are really good to use. So them two tools for me, just really quick, easy insights into how a business is performing in search. So they're, they're my definitely my favorites. What's one piece of advice that you would give to a agency owner looking to go from seven figure annual revenue up to eight figure annual revenue? You have to, it, it's tough. I guess I'm still on my way there myself, but you have to be willing to delegate. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I was saying earlier in the interview, you have to get the right people in place and let them do their jobs and grow. I guess at that sort of size, you just can't be there day to day. You can't be doing everything, overseeing everything. So having the right people that you trust is key. And if, you, if you're having trouble spotting people or finding talent, get someone who's better at you and, and, and involve them in the interview process and looking at the business and where the gaps are. You have to, it's all about people and you have to have the right people uh, to grow it. What's the biggest cause of client churn that you've seen at Branded3 over the years? And what has been something that you've implemented that was effective at solving it? I, I think, I mean, there's a few things, but I think firstly, helping the agency to understand why client retention is important, being really transparent when, when clients leave and why they've left and, and, and what needs to, to change. So often, particularly when you're growing fast, if a client leaves, you just try and replace with the next, with the next client without really informing the business as, as to why. Typically, in search, client, I guess client churn can be quite high because uh, it's easy to switch agencies from an SEO point of view anyway, definitely. But um, from what I find, you're either not delivering results or the relationship has, has broken down or both. And, that, and that's why you have uh, client churn. You can have instances where 
uh, you're delivering results, but the relationship isn't great and retain the client to a degree. And you can also have times when you're not delivering results. For instance, recently with the Penguin algorithm, everyone's been waiting for their recoveries. So you're not delivering maybe the results that the invest investment would sort of uh, justify. But because the relationship is strong, you manage to, to retain the client and you educate the business and going in there and speaking with the you sort of decision makers within the business and helping them understand what's going on. So if you've got a good relationship, you can do that. One of the things we've invested in was, was the client services team that we have now. In the early days of Branded3, it was kind of the last thing to come along, rightly or wrongly. But we've now fully invested in a client services team who are responsible for nurturing that relationship and making sure that, that we're not missing anything. And we've really strengthened that over the past two years. And it's paying huge dividend, dividends for us in terms of, of retention now. I think average client retention is somewhere around three years, three and a half years, which we obviously want to improve on. So, um, so yeah, it, it's a huge benefit if you can, uh, drive retention within the business. It puts less pressure on, on sales and things like that. So, um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah. So my last question for you, Tim, is what's next for Branded3? What have you got going on in 2017, 2018? 2017, our focus is uh, rolling out this big event in Leeds. And as I said earlier, paid is going to be a big focus for us this year and just cementing our, our position and our proposition in, in that market. Moving forward, there's a huge uh, drive now to go international. So um, we already have clients, various clients in Europe, in the US, even Singapore and Australia, but we, we want to start uh, looking at a presence, probably the US, it's looking like at the minute. Um, I've had made a few trips to New York recently, and it's that's looking like the place where we maybe want to set up uh, an office. So definitely moving into the back end of this year, beginning of 2018, I would like to think that we, we have a, an office set up in New York. Yeah, that, that's certainly on, on the agenda. Um, and fingers crossed, all being well, that's that's what will happen. Nice. Sounds incredibly exciting. and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, this all sounds really great. So, Tim, a huge thank you for coming on the show and sharing all these insights. If people no want problem. to learn a little bit more, particularly on, you mentioned Search Leads. Yes. What's the best place if people want to learn a little bit more about the conference or the agency or a little bit more about yourself? In terms of the conference, you can go onto the Branded3 website and there is a Search Leads page on there. I think if you just search Search Leads, it's somewhere in them top results. It's not number one, which pains me a little bit, <laughs> but um, but we have just put it on the Branded3 domain. So if they type into Google Search Leads as one word, it will come up somewhere near the top and you can, there's a video link on there and you can have a watch what went on last year. Myself, I blog on the Branded3 blog. There's various things on the website which talk about some of the events I've done, where I've spoken, check me out on LinkedIn, drop me a line, just drop me an email or a tweet or whatever. And I'd be happy to speak to people about anything really. So um, I try my best to keep in touch with people and, and answer people that, that get in touch with me. So um, yeah, that's the best way really. Amazing. Well, again, a huge thank you for coming on the show, Tim. And it's been a huge pleasure. And yeah, really appreciate all the things that you've shared, all the advice. Really, really great. No problem. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 10X Your Agency podcast. If you're interested in acquiring more leads for your business, I'd like to invite you to a free webinar that I'll be hosting on how to acquire 300% more leads from your website without increasing your traffic. In this webinar, I'll be sharing how you can turn your website into a lead generation machine, four strategies on how you can boost your form submissions by 300% and much more. 
So if you're interested, all you need to do is go to Google, type in Leadformly, acquire more leads. That's Leadformly, spelled L-E-A-D-F-O-R-M-L-Y, acquire more leads. And the landing page to register for the webinar should appear at the top. As I said, it's completely free and we run this webinar every single week. So once again, thanks for listening to this week's episode and stay tuned for next week's episode of the 10 Agency Podcast. 